gift. Um, I wasn't quite sure what form this was going to take. Um, it's okay. Um, it's, actually, it's actually kind of cool how God works because um, I was going to share a little bit of my life um, up to a certain point and up to, well, up to now. Um, but there's so many moving parts going back um, years. And so I said, all right, Lord, um, whatever you want to do, I said, feel free to change it. And, you know, he, he sometimes he'll, he'll change things or he'll say, no, that's good as it, as it is. Um, and when I got in here, I had, I have my notes and I have notes so I can stay on track because I have a tendency to ramble on. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, the part of that is me, but the other part is what God wants to do in my life. So, um, and that's, it's, it's always a good thing to know what, what God wants to do, what he wants you to do, um, what your purpose is. So, um, part of that is me talking. Um, and explaining things. So I have to learn how to control that. Um, uh, I was going to say something, but I'm just going to go right into it. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this, this time to be able to, to get up here and to share um, your word through the experiences that you've allowed me to have, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I pray that this would be encouragement to church here, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, I had just made a few notes here, but basically I just summed it up to like uh, three things that God has been uh, doing in my life, and um, for, you know, anybody who doesn't know, I was incarcerated um, last year, uh, I got out. March 31st, and, um, oops, that's not nervousness, it just slipped. Um, I got out March 31st, and I had been incarcerated for 17 years for um, a really bad crime. And um, so um, I got out, and God was happy. You know, while, while, while I was in, um, I had a relationship with the Lord. And I had asked him early on, because um, I knew there were things in my life that I was lacking. Um, I was lacking a, a relationship with my father. And um, there were things that, uh, as a result of you know, his, his actions, there were things I didn't learn that a young man is supposed to learn from his father. So there were things that guys knew that I didn't know um, that I just was lacking. And so I, I realized that, you know, there was something missing in my life. So I asked the Lord, you know, I said, Lord, uh, please send me a mentor or somebody, you know. And so, you know, God answers, he answers, we know he answers prayers. Um, he, he sent not just one, but two. Um, and they, he sent them um, two years apart. And it was, it was strange. Um, the first one he sent, um, he didn't approach me for months, um, and he explained to me, he said, God wouldn't let me, he showed me who you were, but he wouldn't let me approach you because you had things in your life and people around you that would, would hinder you, keep you from hearing what I had to say, um, and when 
first meet, um, he was fully operating um, in the Holy Spirit. So it was a shock to hear him tell me things that um, he wasn't supposed to know. But the whole time he was telling me, he said, this isn't witchcraft or anything like that. He said, that's what you're thinking. He said, it's not. He said, this is the Holy Spirit revealing things to me to tell you. He said, I don't know these things. I'm just telling you. And by your reaction, I know that the Holy Spirit is hitting on those points. He said, these are things that you recognize. He said, I don't recognize them. Um, and so he worked with me um, for some time, and he said, you know, you are very, you can be very difficult at times to work with. Yeah, he said, but God loves you, and he, he knows how you are. He's going to work with you. Um, and so I learned a lot through him. And then when, uh, after he left, he sent another mentor uh, operating differently. Um, he operated in, a, in different gifts. Um, so... Uh, fast forwarding past that, um, when I got out, I was trying to do things on my own, um, and it, it was a lot of thing. Thing, a lot of things have changed um, in almost twenty years. Some things were almost the same. Um, a lot of things changed. I'll just leave it at that. And so I had to learn um, how to function. Um, so. One of the first things, um, I'll get to the, uh, the, the first, um, I'll call it bullet point, there's three of them. Um, trusting God's plan for your life. Um, and there was three scriptures. I only had one for each of them, and then that's what the Lord was um, giving me because I, I feel like if you're going to bring a point home, it should have at least two scriptures to back it up. And that's just how I am. And so... You know, only had one, and I said, well, I'll work with that. And I was like, oh, God's like, oh, here you go. And then there was another one behind it. So um, the, the first one for trusting God's plan for your life, or my life, your life, uh, was Jeremiah 29, 11, which is what my mom would send me um, in letters sometimes. And um, just a little background, that was um, when God was dealing with Israel, and they had, they were in captivity. Um, I'm, I, I would have to go to it to remember exactly where, who was in captivity, where, either Babylon or, but at any rate, they were in captivity, and they were supposed to be in captivity for about seven years. Um, but in the meantime, God sent a message to Jeremiah to deliver to um, Israel, and he told him that he knows the plans that he had for them. He said he had plans to prosper them and not to harm them, to give them a future and a hope. You know, and that was um, that was something my mom would always send in her letters to me to let me know. She said, Byron, you're not forgotten. She said, God loves you. You know, and that was something I heard over and over and over from different places, from anything with that produced words. Um, I heard it on the radio, I would hear it on TV, I would hear it from various people who I knew, various people I didn't know, um, and my mentors, you know, two years apart, were saying some of the same things. Um, they didn't know each other, and so um, the second one, I told him, I said, man, you sound like my first one. He said, well, he said, that's confirmation, because I don't know who, you know who he is. He said, but I'm telling you right now, he said, 
you have no idea how much God loves you, Byron. Praise God. So you have no idea. And and so um, it took a while for that to, to sink in. Yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, then the uh, next one was 1 Peter 5, 7. Um, that's about casting your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. Um, but it, it's a little bit it's a little bit more to it um, than 1 Peter 5, 7. I turn to it really quickly. if you would like to. Um, but I'm going to read verse 6. Um, verse 6 and all the way through 9. 6 through 9. Alright. Um, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Um, it goes right along with trusting God um, for your plan. Or for his plan. His plan for your life. Um, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Um, so, you know, God has a plan for, for everyone, you know. But as, as far as each person... Is you know, and this is just a small part of you know a Christian you know Christian walk. Um, and then the last verse um, for this bullet point was Romans eight eighteen. I read them, but I didn't quite memorize what each section was about. out of the New King James um, version. It's my favorite. I use King James too, um, but yeah, those two. Uh, Alright, so for, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Alright. Amen. So, um, with that said, this is, you know, more so like to, to give you hope about, you know, how we should, you know, how we should um, live, you know, and then even living in this life, which I've, I've learned and still learning, is that we're going to go through some suffering, there's going to be some good times, there's definitely going to be some bad times, because we live in a, a dark world, and it's getting darker, mm -hmm. um, and anybody who doesn't see that is either blind, or they're willfully ignorant. say on that, but I think God stopped that line of thought. So, like I said, I can, I can ramble on. I think he's directing me where I need to go. Okay, so, the second bullet point, um, I wrote, uh, learn to go through it. Um, and that means that what I had, what I was learning was that there, you know, I was like, yeah, alright, I'm getting it. You know, do this Christian walk, and you know, so it, it came to a point where you know, I started reading about suffering, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> I don't 
do that, you know? And that's where, that's where he, you know, the white mentors were like, Byron, that's just part of the, the, the walk, the Christian walk. I said, you, you have to suffer. I said, I don't want to. I said, well, you can't go any further unless you learn to suffer. You know, when you, you suffer for Christ, there are, you know, amazing results, beautiful results that come from it. And so, um, I, I, I thought about things in nature. They're not necessarily suffering, but they're things, and I don't know, they could be suffering. For instance, um, trees. Uh, trees, they, they grow, you know, a lot of them grow nice and tall. That's funny that I speak about trees having a tree job. Anyway, um, <laughs> I knew to put that together. So um, with trees, they, they grow tall. A lot of them grow big and tall. And they don't get that way just by growing. They get that way by having nutrients, you know, water, sunlight. And not just that, but also they um, are always outside in whatever conditions um, are there. They can't move. They can't get up. They can't go in a house and wait it out. They have to be there, you know, every day, every single day, every single day. For whatever, you know, if it's wind, the wind pushing through on the, the tree, that strengthens it as it grows. Um, all kinds of conditions that make this tree strong, you know, it, that's the type of suffering. We don't hear the trees screaming or, you know, saying, oh, I don't like that. No, they just, they grow. You know, God provides everything it needs to do what he's designed it to do. I know one of the trees' purpose is when it takes in what we excel, it, you know, excels what we take in, you know. And so God, you know, placed them there for, the, for that reason. As a matter of fact, he put them on this planet before he put us on this planet in Genesis. So, yeah, that was, that's their purpose um, for that. Okay, so... Um, the scripture for that, um, I have Philippians 4, 6, and 7, learning to, to go through it. And even if you don't feel like you don't want to suffer, um, if, but you have to go through something, or if something's happening to you, you know, and it's, for some reason, it's not your fault, um, the scriptures um, for, for here says, be anxious, excuse me. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and then also behind that is um, verse 11 and 13 that goes along with this too. Um, and this was Paul speaking to the Philippians. Um, in my version it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a scripture that I um, heavily leaned on and definitely know that um, it uh, works. All of God's word works. Amen. Um, but this um, I've experienced uh, time and time again. And it's not, a, it's not something that is like a microwave type of situation. You know, it's in God's time. Uh, that second part about, you know, the peace of God, surpassing all understanding, you need that peace, you know, when you receive that peace.
to let you know God's in control. Mm -hmm. He's going to take care of it. You know, so we need that peace so that way we're not trying to focus on when this is going to happen. Um, that's not of being impatient. That is not, that's not of God. You know, um, worrying, that's not of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us not to worry. Jesus mm -hmm. said not to worry. So if he said not to worry, we're not supposed to be worrying. Amen. So if you're praying, if you're really praying according to God's word, you're not worrying. Amen. If you're worrying, you're yeah. not praying. So it's either yes. one or the other. And he says, no, don't worry. So that means, you know, uh, it means we've got to be doing the other, which is praying. And not just praying, but we bring our, you know, we pray and we bring our supplications with thanksgiving. Um, that's something I, I wanted to point out. You have to be thankful. Amen. You know, you can't just bring your prayer to him. There's a certain thing you have to do, an attitude that you have to, you know, bring with you um, to God. Amen. Um, and that was something I learned to do. And that has a lot to do with setting up the atmosphere. Um, that will go into the third But right now, uh, verse 11 and 13, um, when Paul is talking about the sufficiency of, of the, the believer's sufficient, sufficiency through Christ, uh, verse 11 says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Um, I'll read all the way to 13. Yeah, to 13. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those, those two uh, verses have gotten me through other verses as well. But those two verses have gotten me through um, uh, points in my life where I felt like, you know, I was, it was hopeless, or I felt like I was about to break, and the only reason I didn't was because I had a knowledge that there is a God, and that he loved me, and that he has instructions in his word, and so at times I would look at God's word as a last resort. Um, it's not a last resort. It is the go-to. It is the, the first thing you should go to you know, compare with everything else. And it's always going to outshine, you know, everything else. Um, I used to think in my mind um, how accurate, uh, like, like the news um, reports, you talk about the weather, accurate, up to date, and I forgot the other word. But I, those two words, you know, God's word is, is accurate. And it's up to date. Even though it was written when it was, but you know, through uh, you know, a couple thousand years or so, um, it's still up to date. Amen. That's right. Because Amen. this is Amen. this God's word Absolutely. isn't going to change. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, bullet point three. Uh, acknowledge and praise the Lord. Um, that would be Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, and Psalms 22, verse 3. 
to read the Proverbs, I don't always um, read my Bible every day, I and mean, that's just me being honest, and it's not that I don't want to, it's that I let busyness get in, get in the way, but, there, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit reminds me of when I haven't gotten into His Word, um, so having a relationship with God is not a whole lot that He's going to let slip by you. Alright, so chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, um, acknowledging and praising the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This, I believe, especially I've experienced this, you know, and it's amazing to me how when I read God's word, and I do exactly what it says. Um, I don't, you know, pick a part that I want to do and then, you know, leave the rest of it. No, that's that's not how God's word works. That's Amen. not when God says to do something, He doesn't want you to do a, a piece of it, and and you think, oh, that's good enough. You know, there are examples of people in the Bible who thought that and tried that, and it didn't work. Amen. It happened to Saul. God was angry with him. Um, let's see. Saul is the only one that uh, King Saul. He's the only one that comes to mind right now. Uh, Balaam. He said Balaam knew he couldn't get past. You know, he, when they tried to, he tried to. They told him to curse Israel, um, to curse the Hebrews, and he said, "I can't. I can't do that. I can only say what God tells me to do." Because he knew, you know, what God was about. Just couldn't get around, get around God. Um, but there are other examples of people who tried to just do a little bit. And what God wants is our obedience. Um, it, it's not really difficult. It can feel that way if we don't want to do it. Um, which um, I will get to that. I will get to um, a little. Well, I'll go over that a little bit after this um, next verse. Psalms 22, 3, chapter 22, verse 3. Um, and this one is um, a psalm to Israel. But this is also this also applies to us today as well. And the reason being is because God doesn't change. Um, in God's word, in the Old Testament... New Testament still applies to us as well. Um, ver uh, chapter 22, verse 3, Psalm says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. You can take the word Israel, and you can say people, because it's not just Israel. In the Old Testament, it, you know, the way a lot of the books were written, it focused on um, Israel. In Genesis, it was a focus on God, creation, what he was doing with the different nations. And then as the books would go on, it started to focus more on a specific group of people that he chose, um, Abraham's seed. 
And so um, from that point on, in, you know, Psalms having a few different authors, um, David, uh, Solomon, and some others I can't remember or think of. Um, but this is largely a Jewish, a Jewish book of hymns or songs of praises. But nonetheless, you can still take Israel and replace it with um, people or church. Nonetheless, uh, it's something I learned that God truly inhabits the praises of his people. So when you start to take a situation um, that looks bad, or if you're just in, an, in a room, um, and you could be listening to praise music, you can be singing it, you can just start praising God, um, the atmosphere will start to change. The spiritual atmosphere, which affects the physical atmosphere as well. Um, because those, those things aren't separate. You, know, you can think of it as the physical having a spiritual reaction or response or, or the spiritual having a physical reaction or response. Um, Alright, so those were those are the three points that I had. And the, um, the experience of my life, and I'll try to make this really quickly, um, after getting out of prison from uh, May 31st till now, um, I hit some, some bumps in the road. Um, I won't talk about all of them, but um, basically I would, you know, as me trying to do things in my own power, um, I, had, I came out with a couple thousand dollars, a little over a couple thousand dollars that you know, saved up. And then almost all of it I lost um, through a scam. Yeah. And so um, that put me in a, a pretty bad situation. I didn't have anything to fall back on while I was looking for um, income or uh, looking for a job. Um, I was staying with my sister um, and her two little children. And her boyfriend was staying there from time to time. Um, at a certain point, he felt like I wasn't moving fast enough, even though I was doing everything I could. Um, because I had a felony record, um, it was it was difficult to find employment. You know, it was more like a just getting turned down. Um, it was like, oh, this, you know, well, we can't hire you for this, you know. But it's supposed to be only for a certain um, number of years, and then they look past that. And my crime more than doubled um, in the past. So some were like, yeah, you know, but we can't you know, for this. And, but it was one excuse after the other. Um, again, me trying to do things in my own power. I haven't talked to God yet at this point. Um, and so uh, Jasmine let me know. She said, hey, look, um, G wants you. That's, her, that's what they call him, um, G. He said, G wants you out the house by Friday. It was Wednesday. And this was the first time I was hearing of it. So now, I not only do I not have money to fall back on, on, I'm losing the place that I was supposed to be staying at for a while. And so um, it was starting to get desperate. At that point, you know, and I knew what type of guy he was. I said, oh, Lord. I said, God, I need you. Um, I wasn't eating. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping to begin with. Not really. Not really wasn't sleeping. But what
what I was doing was I was on, I start, I got on my hands and my knees and um, I just started praying and, you know, I would cry out to God when it was just me, you know, in the house. Um, and I would just ask for his help, you know, and I would, it, it, once in a while I would, you know, tell him about his word. You know, I, I learned that God likes to hear about his word. Um, he likes to, you know, He's looking for people to remind him of his word, to bring his word to attention so he can move according to his word. Amen. And so um, uh, there was a lot of things that were going on. I still had interviews that I was going to. And it, it was pretty awesome how God worked it out. Uh, the majority of those interviews, I didn't get those jobs. But I still got something from each of those interviews. And not just the interviews, but the experiences of leading up to going there and coming back um, because I was taking I took an Uber um, one way and then I took a bus the rest of the way and then I took the bus back all the way to get to my sister's place and then I had an interview the next day um, which I used a bike to get from I think it was Forest Hill all the way to the Publix way down in Lindsay. So I was biking there to get to the interview and then biking back to her place. Um, and then I was you know, willing to do this as long as I needed to or for whatever I needed to. Um, eventually I did get the job, get a job, I got the job at, um, at Publix. And uh, I stayed there for about a month. Um, basically I told the, the manager um, the store manager, you know, my whole story and everything around it. And um, he thanked me. He, he appreciated me being open and honest. He said he was going to give me a chance. And this was without the background check going through. Um, so I stayed there for about a month. And unfortunately, the, when corporate, you know, realized the background check wasn't going to clear, um, they decided, let's say, look, let him go. Um, the store manager was fighting to keep me there, and I really liked it there, you know, and I was kind of crushed, and I was like, I said, Lord, can I, I said, can I catch a break, Lord? <laughs> you know, what's going on? I mean, I was, I was, you know, out, there were some tears, you know, and, you know, as I, at that time, I had just gotten my car, things had started looking up, but God had a plan. Yes. So... Um, right around that time is when um, I had met Marshall, and um, she um, invited me to come here. And so, um, to me, that was like a fresher breath there because I had I didn't have a, a church yet. I wanted to have a church, but I didn't want to force it, um, and it didn't feel right in my spirit to just pick any church. And so, um, when she said that, that's when it you know kind of clicked. It was like. That's where you go. So, okay, all right. And so um, I was coming, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and it wasn't the church like I was used to, but it was how God was leading me. There was a peace about it. So I said, all right. So I kept going. That's when, you know, I uh, came and shared that, you know, lost my job and I needed one. And, you know, that week, you know, God knows the timing. Got a job, gave me a job, and they don't care about background.
background checks, regardless of you know your past crime and whatnot. And there was room for advancement and growth in the company, and so so I thanked God for that. <laughs> I still have the job there. Um, but going back to the publics, um, in hindsight, that wasn't going to get me but so much money. Um, and it was going to be slow just to get to the point, you know, where it would have been worthwhile. It would have taken too long. I wouldn't have been able to pay my bills. Um, things just would not have worked out. Um, the guy had already had things set up. And this was me relying on God. You know, at this point, I'm relying on God more and more. Um, and it's not to say that I was perfect or that I am perfect now. I still do what I want to do or try to do what I want to do. Um, it's just that because I have this relationship with God, he's, he's in my life, and he reminds me. Um, he lets me know. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. But if we're in this relationship, I'm going to be speaking to you on things that you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And it's not like a yelling voice. It's, it's not like words. You know, It's an understanding. It comes from God being God's word. Um, John said, seeking him out. Um, drawing closer to God. You know, and that's what he does. You draw closer to him, you know, he draws closer to you. you know, I mean, generally, that's how relationships work. You know? So, yeah. I, I think I'll try to end it there. Hopefully I didn't take too much no. time. <laughs> uh, I could have wrote more. more but, oh, I will say this. Um, the reason why I mentioned about trying to stay on point is that um, when God sent those mentors, he didn't just send them to help me out to learn what, um, what it meant to be um, a man or to know the things that I should know, but he was trying, he wanted to teach me the things in his word, and he wanted to uh, reveal to me what he wanted me to do, um, what his plan was for my life. And uh, that was both mentored, both guys explained it to me and said, look, they said, you're, you're supposed to um, be teaching. He said, you have other things that you, um, will be doing later, he said, but you can't get there unless you, you know, take proper steps. Uh, certain things you have to do to get there. Certain things you have to sacrifice, certain people you have to stop associating with. He said, there's things you gotta let go in order to get there. Um, he said, um, and this was both of them, um, who basically um, he said I was supposed to be teaching. Um, he said, and don't take my word for it. He said, you, you have to get this from God. Confirm this with God. Um, you, you get in your word, you read it, um, you talk to God. He said, and he said, oh, and by the way, you have been hearing from God. You know, once you wonder, is this God? He said, yes. That's that's what God sounds like to you. I said, oh, okay. He said, but for the most part, you'll get what you need from God's word. He said, you will live and die by the word of God. And I remember him saying that. Um, he 
said some other things that have happened and some things that haven't happened, but I learned not to focus on those things. I know about them. They're just signs. But my focus is to, um, is to, is on God and my relationship with Him. So, and it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's a little bit of a struggle. And it's a struggle because um, I get in the way a lot of times. And God's already ready. He's already got things lined up. Um, but I can't get there until I get out the way. Amen. So that's right. Amen. Amen. Amen.